This is the beginning point. This is the beginning of the rest of my life. I got the meaning, and I got to write it down, because I don't want to forget it. Just win, baby. Hey, there we are. <laughs> Man, welcome back. It's been quite a break. But welcome back to the Gold Jacket Podcast. We are now proudly sponsored by Manscaped, the very best and below-the-waist men's grooming products and apparel used by over 4 million men worldwide. We are pumped to be hosting a contest with our new Manscaped promo code. If you go and use promo code GOLDJACKET, you will receive 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. That's Gold Jacket to receive 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. But the first 10 to do so and send us proof of the code's usage, that's at Connor 10 or Gold Jacket QBs, they will be entered into a draw for a free Gold Jacket t-shirt courtesy of Viridian Global. Again, that's promo code Gold Jacket to receive 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Enough of that. I'm your host, Gymnastic, and you can find me at Twitter at GoldJackieQBs. I'm joined, as always, by the other host of this show, the guy that does all the legwork here, Connor Donald. He can be found on Twitter at Connor10. This guy is grinding. You can find him everywhere. Uh, we are proud members of the True North Fantasy Football Network, so make sure to check out the entire network on, on Twitter. That's at True North FFB on YouTube. If you're catching us right now, thank you. That's at the TNFF Network. And on the internet at truenorthffb.com. You can find rankings, articles, podcasts, streams, everything. You can find everything, whatever you're looking for at one of these menus. Welcome to our first episode of the off season. We have lots of great guests planned and tons of content that we cannot wait to share with you all. For the next four weeks, we are going to dive into what we learned from the dynasty from each round of the playoffs. Revisit our dynasty rankings at each position. Plus... The return of the double-double. Canadians know what that is. Americans, maybe not. Going to give you a little bit of taste. But first up, what's up, Connor? Jeez, I, uh, I'm i excited to be back, man. It, it, two, weeks is all, two weeks is already far too long being gone and not being able to talk football. But I'm pumped to be back, man. I'm pumped to be powered by Manscaped. I'm not so pumped that the Eagles are out of the playoffs. But let's be realistic. Our, we were playing with house money. So at the end of the day, you go up against Tom Brady in the playoffs and, you know, you you get what you get. But, you know, your Chiefs moved on. That's something to be proud of. So you know who I'm cheering for now. I'm cheering for Big Red. I'm cheering for Andy Reid. I'm cheering for them Chiefs again. Um, so, but enough about that. Enough about that. What, what did you think of Super Wildcard Weekend? I mean... There was some there was some blowouts, man. That was that was tougher than I thought for some teams. I mean, I expected more from Arizona. I expected more from uh I didn't really expect more from Philly or Pittsburgh, but I expected a bit more from the Pats. But at the end of the day, I mean there was some blowouts, but we ain't going backwards. We are here, we are riding the 18 week season from now on. We are riding the seven playoff teams going forward, so we might as well get used to potential blowouts and some people sneaking in that don't deserve to be there. I'll be honest with you, Connor. Um, the Bills game went as I expected. 
the Steelers game didn't actually. The Steelers game up until about halfway through the second quarter was how I expected that game to go, which was with tough Steelers defense, TJ Watt causing a mess, mm-hmm. and their defense actually putting up points. They did. They were up 7 nothing. Then it was 7-7. I went out and shoveled my driveway as we got pounded with 60 <laughs> centimeters of snow. I came back. It was 28-7. <laughs> I don't even know what happened. My buddies are chirping me. Um, obviously, my preseason pick of Big Ben riding into the dusty sunset with number three <laughs> have uh, blown up blown up in smoke just like many other things that have gone up in smoke on my back porch. But that is another story for another time. Um, yeah, man. What a weekend. I didn't even actually end up watching that Arizona Cardinal game. I passed out because I was too tired from shoveling, like I told you. But um, I ended up catching a replay. Quick recap of that today after work. And, man, I definitely expected a little bit more out of Arizona than they showed. So, Mm -hmm. whew. Let's dive in, man. Let's dive in uh, because we are going to kick this off with What Did We Learn? Sponsored by Manscaped. For the remainder of the playoffs, we are going to dive into key players, stats, and other fantasy-relevant things we saw in each round. But first, have you not learned how to take your New Year's resolution seriously? How to properly equip yourself to accomplish even the loftiest loftiest of resolutions? Cheers to 2022 and resolutions you can actually keep. How about having your heaven clean and shiny balls all year round? Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to save your balls this year and make the ball drop into 2022 the cleanest and sexiest ever. Set your first New Year's resolution with good intentions and join Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code GOLDJACKET for 20% off and free shipping. But Jim, before we dive into what did we learn from Super Wildcard Weekend, can you tell the listeners what you learned from using the wonderful performance package 4.0 we got from Manscaped with our very own lawnmower 4.0 crop preserver and crop reviver? Might want to unmute. Man, first I'm <laughs> unmuted when I'm telling the kids to shut the door. Now I'm muted when I'm trying to tell you guys a little bit more. Um, that's just how it ends up going. But what did I learn with the 4.0? I learned that it's two times better than the 2.0, which I was already a customer of. I learned that it's water resistant and it's easily handleable, easily to handle with the new improved LED light. I could see even more of those nasty spots that I might have been missing with their anti-cut technology on the skin. You know, I get a little less nicks, so that's absolutely crucial. I can do my family jewels with utmost confidence. And, uh, you know, just sometimes rock it in the shower and just, you know, give it the old rinse out and repeat because it's pretty sweet. And now I even like their wireless base charger. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of wireless base, anything where you just need to put it in and it starts charging on its own. So everything that I can say about this product, Connor, is that is heads and tails above and beyond what I have ever expected from the product and Manscaped. So I am very thankful to be a part of their team. I'm very thankful that they have sent me. They're immaculate product, the 4.0. And if you guys are Canadians, get in with an exclusive offer with our Gold Jacket podcast promo code with Gold Jacket. And I think they got an extra special deal for Canuckers and Canuckers only. Check it out. Love it, love it. So let's dive right into it. 
Um, what did we learn from Super Wildcard Weekend that might be relevant to the fantasy offseason and the 2022 season? Um, I kind of went game by game, and the first one I started with was uh, Jamar Chase. He had 12 targets in the game against Raiders, caught nine of them for 116 yards. This Bengals offense is dangerous. I mean, T. Higgins had a hard time um, there against the Raiders. He didn't really catch the ball a whole lot. That was kind of disappointing. Tyler Boyd did a little bit, but it was mostly Jamar Chase um, and Joe Mixon. It feels like this season ended the way the Cowboys 2020 season started before Dak's ankle injury. Hopefully the same thing doesn't happen to the 2022 Bengals as the 2021 Cowboys with the regression this season. Um, so that was my biggest takeaway there. I mean, own T Higgins, own, um, own Jamar Chase, obviously. I mean, I was kind of, I was kind of wrong on, on Jamar Chase. I didn't want to put him too high up as a rookie. He clearly is, was bang on as advertised. And anybody who listened to the rumors of the, or listened to the reports of the dropsies in the preseason, clearly you shouldn't, you should have stopped at preseason and not overreacted to that and looked at the draft capital, check the college tape. Um, but I didn't expect him to explode onto the scene and do what he did to this extent this season. You know, I expected a thousand yards or whatever, but to the extent that he exploded onto the scene, that was impressive. But this Bengals offense is going to be really dangerous. Joe Burrow, even Tyler Boyd, if you get him really late, but obviously the main targets are probably, you know, Joe Mixon to a lesser extent as he ages, but mostly T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. And C.J. Uzuma, he does his thing, and you can draft him so late. I guarantee he's going to be so late because he's a tight end. Absolutely, Connor. What I learned from that game was if you want a piece of the Bengals offense and you're not sure and you wanted to say go after Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, I learned in that in that game in this season that the ancillary pieces on the Bengals are just as tasty. And if you need a wide receiver, a wide receiver two or a flex spot, Tyler Boyd and T Higgins can equally be had. So that, that just uh, proved to me that the tie break between Jamar chase and other ancillary piece or other top pieces that I have in the same range, I'll probably take them. And so I can dance with the other pieces of the Bengals a little bit later on, similar to how I used to do with the Pittsburgh Steelers or um, the uh, Seattle Seahawks when it came to DK Metcalf slash Tyler Boyd, uh, or uh, Tyler Lockett got Tyler Boyd on the brain. Um, but that, <laughs> that's what I ended up learning from the Bengals. They are they are forced to be reckoned with. They got I think they had uh, two wide receivers under twenty five with over a thousand yards, a twenty under twenty five running back with a thousand yards, and another twenty five quarterback throw four thousand yards. I think it was the first time ever. Mm -hmm. NFL history to have all that. So that's a nice young core, man. That says a lot. I know they're banging out in the in the one of the hardest divisions, hardest hitting divisions in football, which is the AFC North. So I have a little bit of concern with Joe Burrow there and being able to not be able to take as many sacks as he has last year and and big hits, but you know, clean it up a little bit on that on that offensive line there and protect your boy. I like it. I like it. Um, moving into the Buffalo and New England game, really not much to say about New England. Um, I want to talk about Buffalo. I want to talk about Devin Singletary. I think Devin Singletary has officially proved he's the running back in Buffalo. He is the one to own and nobody is taking that job from him, at least for the short term next year or two dependent on the contract situation five straight games now with a touchdown four or five where he saw over 80 yards 
I think he's a top 24 running back for 2022. I mean, we saw so many injuries. We saw so many people getting banged up and he was rarely injured. He, he was doing really well. It was just that early, early wrestling match with Zach Moss to take the job. And by the end of the season, the job was absolutely all his. So 100% Devin Singletary for top 24 running back in 2022. We'll see what happens after next season about going beyond that. But there are a lot worse bets that you could roll with than Devin Singletary next year because um, what we learned this year from the running back position, almost nothing is a sure thing with that position in fantasy. I see a nice sell window right now on Dawson fucking Knox. The guy cost mm-hmm. you zero money, and this dude has been like locking it up. Just like Fort Knox, this guy is protecting some high valuable assets. That's red zone baby touchdowns. I know they're not sticky. We say they're not sticky. You know what is sticky? My fingers after rolling one. Dawson Knox might be rolling some because this guy don't drop shit. Um, but he fantasy owners are hyped about him. And if I have him, I am looking to unload him when it comes to Dynasty. Try to get anything that I can possibly get from him. Uh, and, and work my way down to the position because as we always say at this show there's always two or three tight ends in the top 12 that come popping off that waiver wire and i'm <laughs> selling them selling them <laughs> brother matt in the the comments says no jim no don't don't sell say it ain't so but uh, i love Knox. but the fact of the matter is he's too hyped for mm-hmm. his production he's tied to an elite Elite wide receiver, elite quarterback. He's got uh, one of the top wide receivers on his team drawing coverage. He has good tight or good wide receiver twos and a good run game. It's a lot of pieces of pie, and you're really relying on touchdowns. So for me, I think I can get that type of production elsewhere, or at least move off to another position, upgrade a position by downgrading on him. I I don't think he's really going to maintain. And if he does maintain, good for him, man. Awesome. But I think you can get that type of production. When, as well. Where we are okay with being wrong is if they you don't see the regression in touchdowns. If the regression yeah, doesn't absolutely. come and they continue, we'll admit we were wrong. We'll accept that wholeheartedly because it it happens and sometimes it doesn't happen. And sometimes Listen, you get it's not even bad. It it's rolling. not even bad. It's no. great, awesome. No touchdown regression. Cool. Did you sell them uh, low? Absolutely not. Did you? You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not just giving the guy away for a fourth round pick. I mean, that's my point. The fact is you got him either on the waiver wire or so deep in your fucking drafts that enabled to turn around the value on him. Uh, let's just say Dynastronomus's model there. It's max value roster. Um, you could easily uh, you could easily flip him, like I said, for even a second round pick, a, a high end second round pick. I would take that and look elsewhere on the tight end position. So, yeah, Nate, I think Nate seems to be on board with you to that front. What about what Brother Matt asked? Would you do for a second? Absolutely. Absolutely. Doesn't matter the year 2022, 2023. Doesn't matter. I would prefer the 2023, but it doesn't matter to me. I'll take the 2022. And I'll flip like, him again. Like, what did he cost you? What did he cost you? Mm-hmm. He was a dart throw on the waiver wire, to my in my opinion, or like fourth for round most. in the rookie pick. 
Yeah, some some might have been waiting on him and had him, you know, waiting in their on their taxi squad or something. But I'm sure there's not many people who are willing to willing to admit that or show a roster where they actually held him since day one. He he likely was a waiver wire grab. He was likely somebody that you just picked up and you can uh, you can create some profit off of that. I'm all about it, man. I'm all about it. Um, next up, we're moving into the Bengals and uh, the Eagles game. One note on the Eagles, Devonta Smith is criminally underused. Don't sell. Don't get frustrated. They're trying to get the targets there. But if you watch Eagles games, it is so frustrating to watch because he is trying to force that ball in there to Devonta Smith. But I want to talk about somebody else who's criminally underrated, and that is Mike Evans. He will be a value for the next couple years to come, I think. There's no AB next season. Big question mark on Godwin. Tom Brady is likely going to be back, so you know you got the quarterback at the very minimum. Eight straight 100-plus target seasons, 1,000-plus yard seasons, and six of those uh, had, six of those eight, he had eight-plus touchdowns. He has been a top 24 wide receiver for seven of the last eight seasons, and six of those, including four straight, are top 12. He People are always just looking for that new shiny object, man. And sometimes a guy like Mike Evans just sticks around. Mike Evans and Keenan Allen, they just stick around. They are trusted weapons in their offense, trusted by their quarterback, no matter who comes in. Because how many quarterbacks has Mike Evans had now in those last eight seasons where he's been able to produce that? I think he's had three, maybe four quarterbacks. Elite, at least Jameis. three, right? Yeah, at least three because it was somebody. Then it was Jameis Winston, Tom Brady. So you're looking at at least three well, at quarterbacks. Least four then. Then you're looking at you're like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan, yeah, for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, so four. You, at a minimum, you're looking at four. And he's been able to produce 100 targets and 1,000 yards. And I think he's the first player ever to go eight straight seasons from their rookie season and have 1,000 yards. So that's what I took Would he still game. hit 1,000 yards without the 18? Uh, I don't think so because he was really close this year. I think he was like 1,034 or 1,036. No, that upsets me. It does upset me a little bit, but we can't just put asterisks beside everything that happens in the 18th game. Oh, I mean, I, I hold more weight on OJ's 2,000-yard season. Just saying. I hold mm -hmm. more weight on OJ's than anybody else's. What about Last you? Games, Connor. What did, learn, what did I learn? What did I learn in that game? I learned that people on Twitter better hope to God nobody fucking checks them on their goddamn job because people hate Jalen Rager. Did he deserve all the hate? No. Did he exactly produce to his capabilities? No. But listen, motherfuckers, I know you guys fuck up at your jobs. I know you do. The difference is you're not on national media with people on Twitter just roasting you and roasting you. Nobody deserves that type of hate, man. Nobody. But now, from a fantasy perspective, is it time Sorry. to give up on Jalen Rager? Probably. Probably. <laughs> well, yes, it is. But again, again, guys, on a personal note, before you start going out and being keyboard warriors, think to yourself, does this actually make me a better person? Does this actually alleviate stress for me? No. No, it doesn't. Are you putting a burden on somebody that you don't know what they're going through and what that could be the straw that breaks their back. Maybe you have no idea. You have no idea what these people are going through and they don't deserve your hate. Cause I gotta tell you right now, if he was balling out, all you motherfuckers would want his autograph and him to be fucking DMing you and signing tickets and all this other shit. It would turn around real fucking fast. 
The difference is Agreed. he's in the national media spotlight, and you see everything that he backs up on, and nobody sees your mistakes. That's the difference, man. Sorry, Agreed. Connor. It's okay. That really upset listen, me. It really upset it's, me. It's okay. Through, and through listen, on that. Like, as an Eagles, people were like wanted him to like his house burned down and shit, and like his shit thrown in the fire, right? And like, I'm like, man, like it's a human being. Yeah, he muffed a couple punts and like dropped a few balls that he definitely should have caught. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's definitely <laughs> been disappointed. He's definitely been frustrated. But at the end of the day, you know what? You, he he's a guy. He's got he's got a job. He's trying to do his best. He, he's not living up to – if this guy was a third-round pick, fourth-round pick, fifth-round pick, we don't bat an eyelash. But because it's a first-round pick here, everybody – Because he was selected of, before Justin fucking Jefferson, I've he is going to live that times. burden for the rest of his life. He has to live with that, exactly. And I hate him, and I hate Evan to see that. We should stop comparing him to Justin Jefferson and accept, you know, he isn't Justin Jefferson. We get he was drafted before him. We get DK Metcalf when – after J.J. Ortega-Whiteside as well. But at the end of the day, mistakes happen. Mis- draft mistakes happen. And some sure of these did. players just don't Nobody's produce. Nobody's roasting Miko Hartman about that, right? Roast Miko Hartman. He drops tons of fucking passes. I see it every goddamn week. Nobody's on him on Twitter. Agreed. And just like there's a lot of people starting to call out people for attacking Jalen Hurts because it's like his first playoff game and you guys are all attacking him. What about all these other guys who played their first playoff game and got beat just as bad or look just as bad. Look at Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's way Absolutely. more valued than Jalen hurts. Absolutely. And he's not catching a thing of flack for an absolute atrocity of a performance that he put on last night. So Absolutely. It, I be- like, it doesn't matter who you are, man. I think that you should, everybody should take a step, step back and just be like, man, look in the mirror and look at yourselves and think, would I want people chirping me as hard as you're chirping them for doing a job, man? And the fact is, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Absolutely. You guys aren't in the public spotlight. And be thankful for God that you aren't. <laughs> Agreed. Anyway, let's keep it going, Connor. Man. Yeah, we I will... had to get one rant in there, and there it is. <laughs> rant away, rant away. We're moving into the San Francisco-Dallas game. What a damn game. And uh, it's unfortunate. Dak Prescott may be a fantasy asset, but his uh, football IQ on Madden probably went down. And what? his awareness the probably went down. What was he doing? Uh, with that game. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, what I took from that game, Elijah Mitchell is a top 12 running back in 2022. I think Shanahan has found his answer to the revolving door at the running back position, and it is Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel and whatever type of split you want to do between the two of them. Sure, you can question Mitchell's health like any running back, but you can't question his ability. Over 1,000 yards from scrimmage in only 11 games. He was number three among running backs in opportunity share on a team that ranked fifth with 29 run plays per game, and I don't see that changing as long as Shanahan is in the picture. His touchdowns and red zone touches were lacking, so there is even more upside to come from Elijah Mitchell next season. So I was telling people to sell Elijah Mitchell. Maybe there's even a better window to sell him now, honestly. Um, I think one of the guys that are criminally undervalued on this roster is still Brandon Ayuk. He can do a lot of things. Is he fantasy relevant for a lot of people? No, and that's what's keeping him overshadowed. Debo mm-hmm. Samuel is doing a lot and overshadowing Brandon Ayuk, but they can both, they can both coexist in that offense. And what really scares me about them both coexisting that offense is I really think George Kittle too well to get severely overpriced for a guy that has trouble staying on the field for 17 games and now has two 
fantastic playmakers that have shown out in rookie and sophomore seasons and can, you know what I mean, are just amazing. Like Brandon Ayuk, the things he can do, like the one-handed crab, his body control is insane. Debo Samuel, the fact that you can motion him in through the background. <clears throat> Ooh, I like this. That is beautiful. Uh, you can motion him in, in the background and uh, use him as a running back or wide receiver. And when he catches the ball as a wide receiver, he, this motherfucker turns instantly into a running back and starts like looking for contact, trying to plow people, make them hurt. It's unbelievable. I didn't think they could coexist. I really thought it was going to be Ayuk Ayuk. I uh, took a little bit of a hit with Debo and the core injury that he suffered as a rookie and really knocked him down for that. But I should have just really been looking at the pure athleticism that he holds. And Kyle Shanahan, even though I do think he's a little bit overrated as a coach, can definitely find a way for those two to coexist. Agreed. And I think if I'm not mistaken, there was a play where um, Brandon Ayuk absolutely burned Trayvon Diggs and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo airmailed a pass about two feet over Brandon Ayuk's outstretched hands. So a quarterback change could also probably help Brandon Ayuk as well um, because uh, that was a terrible miss on his part. And I think it would have ended up being a touchdown if uh, Jimmy Almost Garoppolo like that terrible some- miss he did with Emmanuel Sanders that would have won them the Super Bowl. Most likely, yes, yes, very comparable. So there are some, there are, yeah, maybe, maybe moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo would be very, very nice there. Um, moving into the next game, and that is the Kansas City and the Pittsburgh Steelers game. Travis Kelsey is about to become an incredible value at the tight end position. Look at people's early 2022 rankings and mock drafts, and I think I shared one with in a group chat that me and you were, me and you are in, Jim where he wasn't even in the top like 36 of players. Travis Kelsey wasn't even there after being the number one tight end off the board. So he's going to be an incredible value. I don't care about his age. You ride that ship into the ground. There is is one thing we have learned over the last, what is it, three, four seasons now? It is Patty Mahomes, it's Tyreek Hill, it is Travis Kelsey, and they will go until the wheels fall off of Kelsey and then the wheels fall off of Hill, and then the wheels fall off of Mahomes slash the contract, this magnificent 10-year contract ends. But you know that you would probably save Travis Kelsey, I would say for another two, three, four years, but I would take him and ride him into the ground because although we need the tight end two this year, not one, he still had an incredible season, and him and Mark Andrews pretty much ran away with the tight end position. I think he was number one in points per game at the position, though. You could be correct. But um, yeah, man, he's totally going to be a value. And I've been laughed at for saying that I think he can give you elite production this year, the next year, and the year after that, before this year even happened. I got laughed at, got told, you're an idiot. You should have just drafted Kyle Pitts and just forgot about it. And I said, but Travis Kelsey is going to give you the tight end one for at least this year, next year, and the year after that, before he starts to slip. I go in two years from now is when I'd probably try to flip Kelsey for for Pitts. But hey man, high powered offense, number one quarterback in the league, and uh an offense that puts up 35, 40 points a week through two guys, mainly, mainly two guys. Yeah, of course he's a guy I want on my team, especially for that fucking price. He's not even getting drafted in the top 36. That's insane. 
Yeah, but Mark Andrews actually did lead. He was 17.8, Travis Kelsey 16.6, George Kittle 14.8. But oh, it's pretty bad. much pretty much Mark Andrews, um, Travis Kelsey running away with it with Kittle trying to be there. You know, he's waving his hands, chasing the the wagon. We're driving away. So um, don't get me wrong, I, I like Kittle. It's just he puts up points when he when he's on the field, just he's injured. Prone, not injury prone, but he's injured a little bit more than you know the Wallers, the Kelseys, the Andrews. Well, Waller might be a bad example this year. This but... year, this year, <laughs> agreed. And, but Waller, you know, I mean, Kittle's every year, every year though, Kittle misses like what two, three games. Yeah, no, definitely, I I agree on that one. Last but not least, the Rams and Arizona game. Um, besides Arizona, really, really missing DeAndre Hopkins. There's not much more I want to say from the fantasy perspective there. I want to talk about pumping the brakes on the death of Odell Beckham Jr. The man is going to be a free agent. Where is he going to land? Is he going to come back to um, L.A. somehow? They're going to find a way to rig the system so that OBJ can come back and Vaughn Miller can come back and they can run it back again if they need to. Um, from weeks 10 through 17, his time as a Ram in fantasy, fantasy uh, season, he was the wide receiver, 27, averaging 12 points per game. Obviously, there was probably a transition there for two, three, four games to a new offense and to a new system. Um, so, I mean, it's tough. wide receiver 27 might be, you know, not as great as you expect, but it's way better than he was doing in Cleveland. If he can be head cheap, Sign me up. I think OBJ will be a top 36 wide receiver in 2022. And honestly, I almost wanted to say that he would be a top 24 wide receiver because he could be back. And if he's back with Stafford or if somebody brings him into a situation where he can succeed anywhere pretty much but Cleveland, I think he can be a good fantasy asset still for a couple more years to come. He's 29 years old. So if you can get him cheap, I'm doing it. I want to argue on the top 24 there a little bit, Connor, just because um, you saw his production coming with out Robert Woods. Um, mm-hmm. And now you're seeing a little bit of the emergence of Van Jefferson that Agreed. he's developing a little bit better. So I actually think it's definitely not possible for him to be top 24 when I'm just thinking about, I mean, it could happen i've seen crazier things but i don't think it's gonna happen when i think about the wide receivers and naming 24 of them i could probably get to 24 i feel before coming in with him 36 feels about right you know what i mean it could be like between the 32 to 38 range um but again all depending you know injuries happen you know get cooper cupo and then see what happens you know what i mean because with robert woods leaving and but I don't know. And then Cam Akers. Like Cam Akers actually fucking playing a game this season. That's insane to me. It was amazing. That is insane. Like I thought they were just activating him to get, you know, his his money. They ran him out on the field, man. I'm on board with Nate. I don't think he's back in LA. I don't, I don't, I mean, we'll have to see how the rest of the offseason plays. And then out, we gotta figure but... out if he's not back in LA, which again I also agree with too. But then where's he going? That's a good fit where he's going to get that type mm-hmm. of target with that type of quarterback play with that type of uh, offensive coach that, that schemes him in the right, in the right positions. Cause when he went to Cleveland, that looked gravy. That looked gravy, right? But then you it realize wasn't. Baker Mayfield is a terrible quarterback. 
Or you yeah. should have realized very quickly he's a terrible quarterback. I think you he's going to be. Uh, I don't think he's that terrible, considering he played an entire season with a torn shoulder, pretty much. I don't know too many people that are uh, that that could do that. So uh, while his fantasy season totally sucked, I think it wasn't as bad as people are really letting on on to be. So I think you're going to see some positive progression, even though that term makes me fucking always question myself when I say it on a Baker Mayfield next year. I like it. No, that I like it. You know, that, that that's an interesting uh, idea there. Um, I, I, it, we'll have to see how the off season plays out. It's going to be very different to see what, how the off season plays out and what happens with OBJ. But I think he can be a safe flex play. I think he's somebody you can own and you can really enjoy as a flex option um often so if almost plug and play bay and obj went there is he a buy for fantasy i would say yes if obj goes to arizona is he a buy i would probably say yes because there's question marks at their wide receiver position too. Isn't Kirk a free agent and AJ Green's back on the free agent market? Mm-hmm. If I get the chance to get OBJ, OBJ I, is going to outproduce Kirk and AJ Green easy. If OBJ goes to uh, goes to Chicago after a Rob potentially leaves, oh, is he boy. a value? Oh boy! <laughs> I'm just asking. I don't know. These are, these no, are all potential all potential it, landing spots, and it went from absolutely to maybe to I don't know. You I'm gonna I mean? say I'm gonna say no on that one because like everyone's like get rid of Nagy, okay? Nagy's had the picture. Now what's the picture gonna look like? What's just you need to get rid of the fucking like? GM that keeps hiring these numbskull coaches. They did. Ryan Pace did is they? out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan did, Pace is out. They're I all thought, gone. Clean I didn't, I didn't think that Ryan Pace was gone yet. I thought they still had him. No, he he was gone soon after. I think he was a couple days after. So is he maybe. still on as a consultant for their draft? Oh. While they look for the interim, <laughs> while they look for the interim GM, that's potentially true. That's Who knows? Terrible. Then you didn't fire him. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's jump into this for a few minutes. I just wanted to revisit what our top twelve quarterback dynasty rankings look like. I pulled mine up. I don't know if you pulled yours up. If not, we can just discuss mine. But this is time to revisit. Sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Visit monkeyknifefight.com, sign up and use the promo code TNFF for a 100% deposit match up to $100. There is still lots of football left to go. You can go tutty dancing like Jim loves to do. You can play more or less and many other great prop games. Jim, do you have your rankings with you? Uh, No, man. Like These are for going into this year? Like going into I was talking just like or- your your dynasty usually i set my i have a dynasty one that i set at the start of the season and then i like to look at it at the end of the season and see what i'm going to change so we can talk about mine and you can let me know where where i might be right where i might be oh, wrong i'll tell you where you're wrong oh, okay <laughs> Here we go. so i go one two three i go patrick mahomes josh allen kyler murray and i almost think you know i don't think there's a whole lot of debate on that one I think that you can go move interchangeably any of those three guys, but that's probably going to be the top three guys um, no matter what. Um, but then things got a little Real weird. Real quick, that was Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, and who? Kyler Murray. Understandable. Perfect. Um, then four, five, six. This is where it gets a little different. Dak Prescott, 
because I did not expect the absolute horrendous regression from the Dallas Cowboys um, that we saw. Um, Justin Herbert at five, and then I had Trevor Lawrence at six. I fell for the generational talent aspect. I thought that maybe not this year, but he's going to be somebody you want to own in the future. But I think there's a lot, a lot of question marks in Jacksonville, and I don't know when they're going to be answered, and I don't know when you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to look like that generational quarterback. So he's definitely going to be taking a step back in my dynasty rankings um, when I shift them through this offseason. Fair enough. Um, Dak, eight, four, I get it. I think I might have had him. You know what? I want to see if I can find mine. Yeah, I had, him, I had him high, but I mean, I was going off, you know, the five-game piece so before I. his ankle snapped. And then I was like, well, man, there's no way. But then here comes Joe Burrow with this crazy, what was it, three- or four-game pace to end the season. And suddenly you're sitting there and you're like, well, maybe you could swap Dak Prescott and Joe Burrow at this point based on that situation. Um, then I'll keep going on. Seven, eight, nine. I got Lamar Jackson at seven, Russell Wilson at eight, and Joe Burrow at nine. Um, Russell Wilson is a major question mark to me right now. I don't know what's going to happen in this offseason, but that Seattle team is a complete mess. Um, but Joe Burrow will definitely be moving up in my rankings this offseason. Lamar Jackson, I don't know what to... I think Lamar Jackson is good. I think that ankle was bothering him long before he actually decided to take to be off of the field. Um, so I don't know what to make of Lamar Jackson this year. I don't think I'd move him too far back yet. I think I want to keep Lamar Jackson up there because I think he's better than what we may have seen to start this season. What do you think about my seven, eight, nine? I don't mind him. I actually found my rankings going into the 2021 season. It took me a while, but I found them. Good. Fire, fire away. Give up, give me your one through nine, and then we'll talk 10 through 12. One through nine. So it was uh, Patty, Josh, Kyler, Dak. So the first four were bang on with you. Uh, then I had Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, uh, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts. That rounded out my top nine. Yeah, I, I, uh, I majorly missed on Jalen Hurts because I didn't have him anywhere near this. But uh, yeah. 10, 11, and 12. Um, so this is his dynasty for me. So I had Trey Lance, Tua, and Justin Fields. Um, yeah, uh, Tua, I don't know what to th- expect in, in Miami. That situation is just another one that's up in the air. Maybe me and you might have missed on Tua. I'm starting to come around to the prospect that maybe we missed, or maybe it could be a he, he, it could be a byproduct of the situation in the offense. They expected a healthy Will Fuller. They expected Devontae Parker to be there, and he wasn't always there. There was no real, you know, there was no real running back. There was no real running game to take any pressure off of Tua. So um, maybe to the, the, all three of those guys, I don't know about Trey Lance. I don't know about Justin Fields. I mean, I think there's still a lot of potential there. I still really like Trey Lance. He just needs to be given the opportunity and to uh mm, i don't know there's a there's to me that 10 11 and 12 in dynasty uh i I think this year created a massive question mark over my 10 11 and 12 i think there'll be a lot of movement going on around there yeah i gotta adjust my 12 to uh my 12 was tua my 11 was burrow 
uh, and my 10 was Matt Stafford. Not bad. Uh, no, you you hit I on Matt it. Stafford. Matt Stafford, that was almost where Matt Stafford was, I think. Yeah, but, I mean, I list on a lot of dudes, man. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is true. This, this, this is definitely true. Um, but Hey, man, my forte is in ranking, and that's why I didn't uh, pursue <laughs> it. Right, like we have TNFF rankers, we got guys, we got Ellis who's who's banging it out of the park every fucking week. Um, we got other guys that are doing it. Um, Craig, yourself, Ty. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at it, man. I'm not. Like, I don't know what you want to tell me. Like, what you but want it's a good to way to you know have your values and know where you might draft someone. Absolutely, or consider drafting like, listen, someone, I, so. I do my own projections. And I use it for my own rankings for how I'm going to value guys going forward for like 2021, 2022. But like, even then, like when I do my rankings, that's only for a year out. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, so those are guys who I want to get at that, at that, that point. And that's okay. I know that I don't, I don't try to veer out of my own lane. Everybody's got their own lane. Nobody can be good at everything. I'm good at picking, you know, one and a half touchdowns between three guys. So that's what I stick to. <laughs> good, pretty good odds there. Pretty good odds there. But yeah, you're, you're good at that. And you're good at hosting the Gold Tracking podcast. So, you know, that everybody's good at something, right? And I'm fantastic at shoveling driveways. Oh, there you go. If anyone needs someone to shovel, uh, to do a shovel of the driveway, Jim is on call. Get him on your speed dial right away. Ooh, uh. <laughs> But quickly, uh, before we move forward, a word from our sponsors at Reading Global. Here at the Gold Jacket Podcast, we take family very seriously. We know that family doesn't always stop at the bloodline. It's a word that ensures trust. It's a word that, well, around here, means that I know that I can count on you to have my back. Viridian Global is family. A family of the Fantasy Collective. And that is the exact reason Viridian Global will have your back. And I don't just mean literally covering your back in the best apparel they can possibly outfit you in. I mean at every step of the way, from finding the brand that fits you best to tracking your order to making sure you are fully satisfied at every step. With over 50 brands a part of the Fantasy Football Collective family, what are you waiting for? Join the family now. VeridianGlobal.com All right. Onward and upward, Jim. We are going to resurrect that double-double tonight, and we are doing a QB edition. Um, but first of all, this is sponsored by Trophy Smack. Make sure your fantasy league champion feels well-respected and like a real-world champion with Trophy Smack. Sure, a virtual sleeper trophy and some confetti is cool, and the money you win feels good in your wallet, but with over 1,000 customizable trophy combinations, championship belts, and rings to choose from, you can commemorate your league's champion in style. Use the promo code TNFF with your purchase and receive a free championship ring. That's trophysmack.com and promo code TNFF at checkout. They're doing some killer work over at Trophy Smack, by the way. They get they are sponsoring a ton of different things and giving championship belts and trophies out for all these different events. If you haven't seen some of their belts and some of their work, really impressive stuff. So definitely go check them out. Um, so for those of you who have never seen, never heard of the double double, this is your first time taking a dip into the infamous, you know, two cream, two uh sugar coffee that you get at Tim Hortons. Um We take two quarterbacks who finish side by side based on per game fantasy output. 
and we tell you which one we would prefer pretty much. So there it is. The infamous gym quarterbacks this week, quarterbacks this week. And, uh, and then we'll go running backs, wide receivers and tight ends over the next three weeks. Um, so let's get started with QB four. 22.57 fantasy points per game and QB5, 21.75 fantasy points per game. And this is a good one. QB4, Kyler Murray. QB5, Patrick Mahomes. Jim. First off, can you believe that they were QB4 and QB5? It seems a little low for them, no? Yeah. But yeah, it does. I get, I get it. It does. It does seem low. But what? who do you got? I mean, I, I almost feel like, why am I even asking this question? You're wearing the hat. We've talked about Travis Kelsey. We've talked about Tyree Kill. <laughs> this guy right here, man. The 101. And if his values dropped a little bit, beautiful. Um, All the more. No, I, absolutely, man. I want the guy tied to Big Red and uh, can do things. And I know his value went down because the first couple of weeks he was doing a little too much, putting too much on his shoulder. He had clean pockets he was running out of. But if you listen to him in interviews, he said he had to take a step back. He realized he was trying to do too much. It's not all about him. He has a team full of playmakers like Jet McKinnon. And he says, instead of trying to extend plays, you know, and, and make it all work, I can just take the dump off. I can give it to CEH. I give it to Jet McKinnon. I give it to Blake Bell. I can let these other athletes make a play, give them a chance to make a play. And since he did that, they went on a tear. And now you find themselves playing the Buffalo Bills next week. I know. And it's hilarious that people talk about, you know, the slow start to the start of the season and stuff. If you go back and you look at how he has been throughout the season, his actual slow spot was right in the uh, middle of the season. Yeah, where he seven, had eight, three, nine. yeah, he had three games where he had a really rough go of it and he finished outside the top 12, but otherwise he finished inside the top 12 every other week. Um, Which so- is funny because he ended up hitting that dip right when the offensive line should have started gelling. Because the offensive line was brand new all season. And it, it takes about, I thought it would be about four to six games. It ended up taking about seven games for, for them to actually start gelling and moving as an off, like as, as one unit and really, really protecting them. And that's actually when he had his dip. It was really weird. I'm like, man, he's they're giving him so much protection. And he was just like throwing these weird picks, tip passes. Anyway, enough. Yeah, I want the one on one. I'm the same with you. I said, give me the one-on-one Patty Mahomes. Um, crazy enough, he likely won't be the first QB off the board anymore. And chances are there will probably be a debate at number two because Josh Allen likely will go number one in startups. Um, and then you'll probably end up debating between Kyler Murray and Patty Mahomes. Um, Mahomes and Reed throw the ball on average 39 times per game despite always having a positive game script. They love to throw the football. From an attempts and distance standpoint, Patty is always top 10 and his top five in touchdowns. While the team as a whole started slow, Mahomes finished a top 12 QB 11 of 17 games and four straight to end the season. So uh, love that on Patty Mahomes as well. Um, next up, this is a fun one because this co- this comparison is being drawn a ton with the first, like, you know, two, the first whatever it was, X amount of games, the stats are being compared. And that is a QB seven at 21.41 fantasy points per game. And the QB eight at 21.08 fantasy <laughs> points per game. Jalen hurts the QB seven Lamar Jackson, the QB eight Jim, which one do you want? I want the one that I think is going to have a job. I want Lamar. 
Yes, um, sir. I could be hating on them. Listen, I could be hating on them, and I'm not hating on them on on uh, Jalen Hurts. I just don't think that he's the answer for Philly, and he might have played himself into a position that they don't want to trade him because he's too good to trade away but not good enough to take them where they need to go, which mm-hmm. is perennially playoff-bound losers. Which nobody wants to be that. Nobody cares if you make the playoffs and keep getting bounced fucking first game. So I'm afraid, really, really afraid, that he's played well enough for Philadelphia to not want to trade him because they don't want to play him against him but good enough to keep on as like a bench quarterback. Cause he's on a rookie deal. It's not like he's like really, really, really expensive. I mean, no, it was the back as... end of the second round. He's dirt yeah. cheap compared to most. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm really afraid that he could be like Baltimore's Tyler Huntley. You know what I mean? Like, but not the, you know, he's not the starter, but if your starter goes down, he can definitely win you some games and do enough. That scares the shit out of me. I agree. I agree with Nate. I don't think he's going anywhere. But in yeah, fantasy, but in but fantasy, I'm not starting. picking him. Yeah, that's the issue. I, I I don't know if I trust it. Um, I mean, I'll admit I missed on Hertz this season. Eleven of fifteen games were top twelve showings. Statistically, he's the best rushing quarterback. But it's unfortunate because he's playing in a city and for a manager that loved new shiny toys. How many times have you seen reports where they're in on a guy, they're out on a guy, they're in on a guy, they think he's that Hurts is a franchise quarterback, then he has a bad game, and oh, they might be in on Rodgers or Wilson or Watson. It just never your franchise stops. fucking chews guys up. <laughs> exactly. They chew them up and they spit them out. Exactly. Your fan base is brutal. And Jackson in 11 full games was a top 12 QB six times. And needless to say, the situation was near Dyer in Baltimore. They were out like, man, they must have been out over 20 players with IR situations, COVID and everything. Jackson and Hertz are literally one and two for almost all rushing categories among quarterbacks. They're also on extremely similar trajectories in other QB statistical categories. Pick your poison, but give me the one with the most likely job security is what I said. Same as you, Lamar Jackson for me in this situation as well um next up this one sounds crazy but the age gap keep in mind is only four years and it's a quarterback position um qb 10 20.45 fantasy points qb 11 19.92 fantasy points matthew stafford the qb 10 dak prescott the qb 11 who you got jim i gotta go with dak adam ranked higher I had him ranked in my QB4. Now I need to go maybe readjust some things, but <laughs> there was definitely some regression that came with Dak that I didn't really see coming, but I still like him as an athlete. Don't get me wrong. I like Matt Stafford too. I just think I like a little bit more what's going on in Dallas and Jerry's ability to just throw cash when you don't think he has it and he can't build a team like – I was everyone was laughing like there's no way they keep Amari Cooper and CD Lamb and Michael Gallup, but he did it. You know what I mean? He ended mm-hmm. up like he ended up fucking extending them. So I don't really think there's a bad answer here, to be honest with you. This is this is I think a win-win situation when it comes to it. Me, I'm taking Dak, but honest to God, um the cost is a lot more probably on Dak than it is on Stafford. 
You know what I mean? Like might not be as much this year as it was last year, but yeah, it's still going to be more expensive. I mean, at the end of the day, Dak Prescott's still 28 and Stafford's still 32. So that alone is going to give you, you know, startup value because people are going to be like, I don't want the 32 year old quarterback. I want the 28 year old quarterback. Or I want that Connor. I don't know. Because like that, I don't even come into consideration at that. It's not like, I'm going, oh my God, he's Ben Roethlisberger or Dak Prescott. Where, like, I know, you know what I mean? Like, there's a guy who's genuinely been on the fence about retiring for the last fucking three years. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't come into it for me. I think it just has to come into it with the offense and, and the potential weaponry that is going to be there. And I mean, as much as there is question marks with Amari Cooper leaving and Michael Gallup uh, and Michael Gallup going on free agency and the two-headed monster of Paul, Pollard and Zeke. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think I think Amari Cooper, like Jerry's done some fucked up shit. So like, it's not out of the realm of possibilities for them to somehow wheel and deal a finagle a deal with Gallup and Cooper to keep him going and like have it back end loaded and some shit. Like he'll he'll figure out something, man. Agreed. Um, I think I'm going to go with Stafford on this one. Um, I think I just trust Stafford more. Dak Prescott, he shows you some good games. Like, what happened to the Dak Prescott of the first five games before he broke his ankle? Like, he's had some good games. He has some boom games. They throw the ball a lot. He gets a lot of yardage, but it's super inconsistent. And sure, Stafford kind of hit a bit of a bump in the road at the end of the season with his interception issues, but he still pumped out a lot of fantasy points for you. And I just think, you know, I think Stafford's going to be more comfortable. Um, he's uh, he's going to get a job. He's going to keep a job um, and because people love Matt Stafford. And I just don't know if I'm as all in on Dak Prescott as my ranking, my dynasty ranking suggested um, at the start of last season, because I was hoping there would be a return of those of Dak Prescott in those first five games of 2020. And there was, but there wasn't. And that offense never seemed to click, and we saw that against San Francisco. There just Does seems to be problems. Does it weigh in your decision at all that Cooper Cup is probably going to stay in, the, in L.A. as long as Stafford is, and they're probably going to end their career together? Does that weigh into your decision-making at all when it comes to Stafford? Not even. Being I didn't even think about that. Okay, then. I that just like Matt bit, Stafford. But... I just trust Matt Stafford because, I mean, look what he did in Detroit, and look what he's doing now. And sure, in some bigger moments, he's he's committed to turnovers and stuff. But in fantasy, at the end of the day, you can turn over the ball two or three times in a game. But if you're going to pump out 25 fantasy points for me, I'm not necessarily worried about that because his job security is there. Yeah. Oh, I I get it. Like I said earlier on here, um, there's not a wrong answer here. I don't think with these two quarterbacks. um, Definitely not. I think they kind of land similarly. Each it depends on your ranks. roster building, though. You know what I mean? It depends on if you want to go for that quarterback in the mid-first round or you want to hit that quarterback in, like, round three, round four in a, in a yep. startup draft. You know what I mean? Because you can get Stafford as that round three, round four guy. Dak, you're Absolutely. likely ramp, maybe back end round one now because of after, after this year and stuff. But, that's what I I'm mean, saying. still, mid that's to back not going to Round one, you. top of round two. Definitely. Is, um, we're going to have to reach for Dak. Next up, these these ones are fun because I did not know they were going to land this way, but this is fun. <laughs> um, QB 33 at 12.75 fantasy points per game and QB 34 at 12.34 fantasy points per game. The first, Zach Wilson. The second, 
Trevor Lawrence. Whoo! This oh, is a man. barn burner, Jim. Which one you got? I want Zach Wilson. Ooh, baby. Look at that. I want, I want Zach Wilson. I actually liked what I saw from him when it came to his throwing motion. I like the look of it. I think his decision-making could be cleaned up a little bit. Um, but how much example, of that is a byproduct of not a great offensive line none, and the weapons? None. Why did Mike White make Elijah Moore look fucking fantastic? This is true. This is fair. Just keep so it none. simple. It was, it was the exact same situation. The exact same situation. But I liked his mechanics. What I didn't like about him is he seemed um, – almost trying to pat Mahomes it where he's trying to extend plays where he should have just been taking dump offs, trying to go for that big 50 yard bomb, trying to exclude his uh, cannon of an arm, trying to show that part. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to do that every play. You, it's okay to take the three yard, uh, the three yard pass and, and hope your ride receiver or running back or tight end or whatever you're throwing to makes a play. If they don't take the three yards. Like there's no shame in that. Not every play has to be 50 yards, but I liked his mechanics in his throwing motion. I liked his uh his stance. He had a nice wide stance. I want to actually check out that uh QB guru. Yeah, yeah. I I shared in a group chat. Uh if you haven't checked it out, I think it's called the QB school on YouTube. And he breaks down one of the games. And one of the things that he talks about is the way he throws the ball. He's got the mechanics, he's got the base, he throws a really nice football when he sets his feet and throws, and he's got really nice athleticism. And I think he's gonna be the better value. I think people are gonna continue to line up for Trevor Lawrence, maybe not as much as they did last season, but I think people are still gonna buy into the generational talent and all this, and they're gonna see a much I don't know which situation's worse. But they're gonna this is disheartening to see, though. Like this is that this that that I don't like to see that they did the same thing at BYU. I'd hope mm-hmm. to God that like at the NFL they keep trying to change his mentality then about that because, like I said, you don't have to throw it fifty yards every play. Agreed. <laughs> and and football. I think some people might kind of fall for the comp said he got you know johnny manziel and stuff and might kind of shy away from zach wilson especially with the situation with the jets and how long it's going to take to build and stuff um but i think he can develop he's got the mechanics he's got some of the hardest things to get down for a quarterback down now it's time to develop beyond that work on you know his anticipation is incredible too. Like the way he throws a ball in anticipation of where a guy's going to be and stuff really good. So you just got to work on making, you know, using your athleticism intelligently, knowing that you don't have to make everything happen in one play. And like you said, it doesn't have to be 50 yards in one play. It can be chunk plays, take what's given to you and good football IQ. So I'm going with Zach Wilson on this one as well. I think the value is going to be there. Um, and this last one, another fun one to wrap up this double-double session. Um, QB 36, 11.4 fantasy points per game. QB 37, 11.15 fantasy points per game. The first, Justin Fields. The second, Trey Lance. Which one you got, Jim? So <laughs> I'm probably gonna get I'm probably gonna get fucking chirped on this, man. But uh I want Justin Fields still. Over Trey Lance, um, okay, okay. with the depart with the departure of the Chicago front office and head coach, I think there's promise still in Justin Fields. Um, 
I don't know. I had him ranked higher than I had Trey Lance to begin with anyway. So, uh, like I said, with a complete now front office change, now that I've been told that Ryan Pace is also gone because I've been living under a rock, not hitting that news. And uh, along with Matt Nagy, I think that could be really good because that ineptitude there, I think, was trying to square, trying to force a square peg in a round hole. Um, like I said, I don't think Allen Robinson stays, but I don't think it really matters with his connection with Mooney and Komet. So um, I want Fields. I love Trey Lance. So I find it hard to give up on Trey Lance. Um, I had him higher in my rookie rankings. I continue to like Trey Lance more. Um, he showed some nice things and he shows a lot of potential. Uh, he just needs to get that job. He needs to beat Jimmy Garoppolo out. He needs to work. We're fine. Doesn't even have to do that. They're going to get rid of Jimmy. They, yeah, exactly. Job. They got to get rid of Jimmy and they got to give hand the reins over to to Trey Lance. I like the situation there. You got Brandon Ayuk. You got Debo Samuel. You got Elijah Mitchell. You have a run first offense. There's so much that they can do with Trey Lance, and there's so much development that that I think he can do. George Kittle. There's so much development that I think can happen within that team, within that offense to make Trey Lance a very viable and a very strong fantasy weapon. Um, I love Trey Lance for, for too long to give up on him just based on a weird six game season where he was injured. Oh, that has and, nothing to do with it. With no, me. no, I, I understand. Like for most that's not, but for some it does because he got, he got injured. Then he, and he lost his job because Jimmy G got healthy. Then Jimmy G would get injured. So he would come in that inconsistency, especially for a rookie quarterback. That's hard because imagine trying to adjust to that. You're in, you're out, you're in, you're out. Like, I think they they need to give him the job. They need to work with him. They need to develop him. And I think that he has a good chance with those weapons to be a very viable fantasy weapon um, going forward. So that's a double double for this week. Next week, we're going to dive into the running backs. We'll do probably four to six more of those double double uh, running backs. But otherwise, this is it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us. Make sure you go and you rate, review, like, or subscribe wherever you are listening or wherever you are watching. Shout out to all our great sponsors and, of course, where you can find them. I mean, Manscaped, manscaped.com, Verdian Global, um, uh, VerdianGlobal.com, Trophy Smack at trophysmack.com and monkey night fight monkey night fight.com and you can find the promo codes in the description below us um and jim do you want to remind the listeners about the contest and the manscape promo code you go to manscape.com you use promo code gold jacket that's right promo code gold jacket at checkout for 20 percent off and free shipping worldwide and if you're one of the first 10 people to use that code and screenshot it and send it to the gold jacket QBs. You see it right there. It's down there. Whoop, boop, over there. Or Connor Donald's Connor 10 over there. Look at that. I got the finger point right there. <laughs> You're one of the first 10 people to do it. We are going to hook you up in a contest for a Viridian Global gold jacket t-shirt, which is pretty fly, I gotta tell you. So again, that's promo code goldjacket at manscaped.com. Again, that's promo code goldjacket at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping worldwide. Love it. And you can, of course, find our great spot, uh, partners over at True North Fantasy Football, right above Jim's head at True North FFB on Twitter, the TNFF Network on YouTube, truenorthffb.com. Um, and 
Also, uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at GoldJacketQBs at Connor10. We are providing lots of great content and sharing out everything that we are doing. And of course, as always, we will see you all next Tuesday.